on today's program. And so we talk about confessional booths. You know, this is a confessional bar. And this is one without coffee. Uh, and, uh, but I, I remember going in the confessional booths, telling my sins to a priest. Father, this is the last time that I made the confession. I even made some sins up because at 11 years old, you didn't sound too cool in the confessional booth. You know, I lied in the confessional booth. That's, that's not a good place to sin, right? That it was a stepping stone to help me to get to a higher place in Him. It was a trial that God's like, <laughs> you've been put to the test, but yet, am I still God in your life? Yes, He is. Yes, He is. And I am so thankful that His love never fails. You're about to embark on a few minutes of raw testimony with a candid, unscripted program that goes beyond the pulpit and straight off the church bus. Open conversations that share the true view of Christ to help us through today and into a victorious tomorrow. This is Coffee Bar Confessions. This is one way we can go, go to house to house like the Bible says. We're yeah. going to your house yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. through yeah. your... Uh, through your cell phones, through your computer screens, yeah. uh, whatever the case may be that you listen to us on. And we thank the viewers for joining us. Yeah. And uh, sure. we just want to know, uh, and y'all can uh, no, no particular order on how to answer. Yeah. Whoever feels to go can go. Yeah. But would you be willing to share something that y'all have overcome in the past? And, uh, yeah. you know, the scripture says the iron sharpens iron. And, in order for that, as Brother Matt said on a previous episode, in order for that piece of iron to sharpen another piece of iron, yeah. it had to go through some things and some yeah. changes yeah. to withstand that friction or it would be dull too. Yeah. So we know that we've all went through things and and it's that piece of iron that's went through trials, that's went through different things in your life. Is there any particular things that y'all want to share that could help sharpen some of us, yes, some sir. of the listeners that could strengthen us and encourage us? Yes, sir. Brother Brandon, feel free. I was a young man, um, just a young boy growing up in the church, and um, I had a lot of letdowns um, growing up. And, you know, to go into detail, I'm not going to do that. But I will say this um, as a young man growing up in, in, in the church, and getting baptized in Jesus' name. And then <clears throat> several years later, God moving on my life to end ministry. I have had some scars. I've had some hurts. Um, I was a seven-year-old boy, and some things happened that I did don't know why it happened. But it happened, and it left a scar on me. Uh, it made me feel like I wasn't important. It made me feel like I was low um, and dirt. And um, it changes the person that you are. And God's still, that baptism of the Holy Ghost is still within me. But it was like the devil was dealing with me and moving on me to be something 
that I'm not. Exactly. And try to change the the dynamics of what God's trying to do in my life and that scar can be lifted if only you hold on to the truths that God has placed in your life. And as that (laughs) seven-year-old boy, when those dark times did happen, I can remember just (laughs) believing and looking up and saying, God, but you still love me anyway. Yeah, yeah. Even through the dark situation here, you still had your shield of love and protection all the way around me. Thankful for my parents. I'm thankful for the investment that they had placed and uh, order and all that in my life. But I'm thankful that his leading ways are higher than our ways. And I'm thankful that Out of that darkness, there was a light. That light has always been there. But the devil likes to shine a darkness or puts a darkness over you. Though it doesn't make you want to see that there's going to be something positive at the end of their situation. But I'm so glad that when he looked down and that whole problem, that (laughs) he placed his hand on me and he pulled me out of that uh, problem and that devastation. And he just breathed his breath on me of a beautiful life that, hey, I am still God. I'm still in your life. Lean on me. Lean on me. And I feel as if God took me in this, out of my, my family, and he just wrapped his loving arms around me not that i was better than anybody else in my family but he just he just loved on me and i loved on him and i wanted to know that trusting in him meant something big Mm. it meant something huge Mm. and that huge thing turned into just falling in love with him and it meant the whole world (laughs) to me that he was still in control of my life and I didn't never not one time that I ever think that living outside of church was the solution right right I believe that through the trouble and the 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 pain that it was a stepping stone to help me to get to a higher place in him it was a trial that God's like (laughs) you've been put to the test but yet am I still God in your life. Yes, He is. Right. Yes, He is. And I am so thankful that His love never fails. Yes. You know, you're you're speaking about the, uh, how, you know, we got this light in our life, but the devil wants to cast a shadow. And he wants to cast a darkness over us sometimes. And in the carnal sometimes, we don't understand. You know, we're just human. We're living our everyday life and we're living through, um, you know, jobs we're living through, you know, hurts, past hurts, something that we're talking about in our past, yeah. and things that, yeah. that we're having to overcome in our mind, you know, and stuff. And we don't understand sometimes the darkness in our life. But uh, just real quick, in Psalms 119, 105, very familiar scripture. I mean, every one of us could probably quote it, but it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my, my feet. feet. 
That's right. Light into my path. Yeah, man. And I light into my pathway. And so you know, here, here, here's the situation with that. We realize, the viewers, we realize all four of us sitting here, we've all had dark times. Oh, sure. We've all yeah. had dark times. And there's one thing that's for sure. It's a, it's a um, sure fact in our life that when we have hard times, when we have dark times, we have things that you know and, and i'm kind of getting ahead of myself on a uh probably that we'll be talking about that here <laughs> in just right. a little bit about about safeguards but uh you know when when you feel that darkness brother brandon when you feel that darkness come over your life sometimes uh you know as brother uh, bobby wade talked about last night you know we don't have to identify no. with that darkness that's, that's right. around us. that's no. not you it's not yeah. it's not it's you. not us it's not who we are it's yeah. not it's not what god wants us to be uh but how do you get somebody who had never understood this, never understood the identity of a true child of God, never understood the identity of somebody who lives godly, holy living, you know, and lives happiness and joyful and all that. And when they start feeling that depression come upon them, when they start feeling that, that hurt and that pain of something that happened to them in their past, you know, and you see them start identifying with that depression, yeah. Yeah. with that darkness. There's only one way out of it, oh, yeah. and that is to grab the Word yeah. and start digging deep into the Word. A lot of times when we go through things, you know, we question, why did it have to happen to me? Whatever the case sure. may be, uh, there's people that's been molested as kids, as uh, my wife maybe. Uh, yeah. There's... Uh, people who's been in abusive homes and they say how is there a God why would he let me go through this if there is a God and and like you 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 learn to trust in God whereas some run away from God yeah, yeah. and build up a wall there's no God because he let that happen yeah. yeah yeah and it's like Jesus said I must needs to go to Samaritan yeah. mm -hmm. you know because there's that woman at the well yeah. right yeah. she had a rough life right you know she she was frowned upon in her community. And Jesus used the situation that she went through to reach that city yeah. to come and see a man, you know. Yeah. And if she would have put up that wall, it's like, there's no God, yeah. you know. And that revival wouldn't have happened. Right. And right. So there's, wow. when you're going through those situations in your life, those dark times, those absence of lights in your life, that's when you need to learn to draw closer yeah. to God, yeah, as Brother absolutely. Brandon said, and to trust in Him, not yeah. to build up a wall to isolate yourself, yeah. but to draw close and to uh, draw close to your man of God, to yeah. your leadership. That's it. And that's it. And not that those walls didn't come, Brother Timmy. Not that those those walls didn't come up. But what you do with it? But what you do with yeah. it? Mm. Yes. it yeah. If that wall does come, don't accept it. Yeah. Brother Bobby Wade said yesterday, he said, if something comes upon you, like you were talking about, Brother Matt, if something comes upon you, don't accept it. And he told me, cast it down. Those are yeah. not my thoughts. thoughts. That's not you. Yeah. That's not you. Yeah. Don't accept it. That's right. He tries to build walls and strongholds in our lives. Yep. And they're not of God. Right. Yeah. We know that, that scripture says uh, in Proverbs 3 and 5, it says, and lean not to thine own understanding. Yeah. Here's the situation. If I ever go off my understanding, I'm going to be lost. Yes. Because I'm going to overanalyze things. I'm yeah. going to, you know, <coughs> it says, 
trust in the Lord with all oh, thine heart. Oh, and, and with that situation, I understand that if I ever let my understanding get in the way of my trust in the Lord, I'll never trust. If I understand everything, there's no sense, brother, to, to even trust in God. That's right. I'm not ever going to need a God right. if I understand everything. But there's going to be situations that we don't understand everything. You've got to lean on them. And so you have to, you, yeah. you have to know, I don't know the outcome. I don't know why I'm in this situation. Yep. I don't know why I'm in this battle. But I do know one thing. I've got a word of God that can lead me there, and I got a God that I can trust in. Yeah. You know? And so that's that's perfect. I mean, you know, how many people really deal with a lack of trust? Yeah. Oh, huge. You know, yeah, it, that's it, huge. It was spoke that's last huge. night. You know, how yeah. can I look to God, a father? Yeah. If yeah. my father was abusive. Yeah. If my father was absent. Yeah. If my father was an alcoholic. How could I ever look to God where to be my that, father? Where is that right. figure? Yeah. yeah uh-huh. And so you know, it, you're like, yeah. you know, my father left. My did. Mine did. I'm just using this for an example. Sure. My father left me. My father wasn't here. My father was was uh, abusive. I watched my father beat my mom. I sure, watched. Sure. You know, and you hear these testimonies all the time. And you know what we tell them? We'll just go. Let God be your father. You know, and then we're like. How am I going to go look to him? Where's the bridge? You know, yeah. How do I get there? How do I get there? Because yeah. whenever I look to him as my father, you know, like Brother Bobby Wade said, look to him as my father, but yet I always revert back to the earthly father. Yeah. 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 You look at him as your father, you see a God that's going to leave you. Yeah. Or right. a God that's going to yeah. abuse you in yeah. some way. Or, yeah. Or right. uh, a God that's going to not love you right. if, if you grew up with the. A, a natural yeah. father who was right. abusive or right. that's left you or yeah. it was therefore right. you you can't view God as a father if if you have the mindset of a natural father. Yeah. And so you gotta yeah. know who that's he is. Right. Know his love, know his his mercy and look to him as a merciful God. That's so we, right. we can't understand. Oh. Yeah. And that end uh, and the end of that, Brother Bat, where it says, And lean not into thy own understanding don't lean on what you know. Yeah. Just lean on him because he knows. Exactly. He knows. He's already been there. He already yeah. knows. <laughs> that's right. Past, present, future. Yes, exactly. He's already, He's already been there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's absolutely wonderful. So. Yeah. Amen. Uh, Amen. That that I mean that was great. That was a great. Yeah. Testimony Thanks of the past sharing, things brother. you know, Thanks and and sure. that that helped us all. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I it's hope helping it. the viewers, it. but it's, it's helped <laughs> us, so uh, we love that. So, Brother Nalak, if you could, just for a moment, uh, yes, what, are, what is something that you had overcame in your past? I, I come from a family of seven children. I'm the sixth child, so almost, uh, almost the last. My youngest brother is actually 11 months younger than me, so we were like twins. And um, with that in mind, uh, again, from North Dakota, uh, kind of from some old school, you would have in North Dakota those that not too many generations back but can almost trace my great-grandpa to Ellis Island mm. coming over from the German-Polish border. Uh, so up in that area, probably from Wisconsin in the past, they set out to find their own farms, get in on the pioneering of the land. So I'm from the eastern side of North Dakota where the land is so flat there, it's the Red River Valley meeting up against Minnesota. I often joke whether the land's so flat there you could watch your dog <laughs> run away for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, the tr- it's about yeah. the truth. It's yeah. got a beauty of its own, you know, watching the cumulus clouds come in, thunder heads from a distance. And 
just beautiful if you can survive the winters, you yeah. know. But uh, <laughs> but I remember, you know, Polish community communities, German communities. So uh, my dad could uh, actually, when he went to first grade, he could speak more Polish mm. than he did English. Wow. My parents would speak Polish back and forth. You know, kind of broken, uh, but they picked that up. My dad's a Korean War veteran. I know he passed almost two years ago. Honor him and all of our veterans mm. to this day. Mm. Yes. Uh, greatly. But, uh, boy, he would share stories yeah. and uh, the scars that he went through, carrying on into our family some and uh, uh, working in fields. And, you know, he talked about buying the Baby Ruth candy bar for five cents. Wow. And, uh, uh, you know, getting uh, a two bits, they called it, a quarter in the past, you know, late 30s, early 40s, wherever that was. And, uh, you know, piling up the ice cream cone for five cents. Yeah. And all, all these awesome stories that they shared with me spilt over into the family. And because of that, there was the dynamic. My dad's a very loving man. My mother very strong and they're, they're great working people. But, and th those attributes carried on into the children. But uh, with that, there was some, probably some anger issues. He was still dealing with post-war. He was front line, hiding in foxholes. He had basically uh, uh, three purple hearts, one bronze star de with decor, you know, decorated. Uh, but some of that spilt into the family, brother, too, where, you know, there was some food fights. There was some uh, knives, blood, guns, police coming to our yard, you know, just the... The different fear factors that I had to deal with, I think, is the major thing. Yeah. At you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven years old, and around that time, late sixties, early seventies, my older brothers were in their mid-teens or so, um, maybe a little bit, you know, sixteen, seventeen years old. Then came the drug scene. You know, the flower power, the high heels, the disco, uh, the the uh, you know strange colored Volkswagens, you know, yeah. uh, whatever uh, folk music it was, believing in the drugs, you know. So that whole scene uh, came into the family as well. So, I, you know, my, my feet shook on, yeah. the, on the level floor right. as my brothers did all kinds of things with drugs and whatever in the basement. So my daddy would get into tussles with them and my guns were pointed and my mother worked at a bar, smoked about two packs of cigarettes a day, a pack and a half. So. Uh, you could call us uh, a good religious family, not knocking Catholics, but in the sense we were strict Catholics. Yeah. But yet these uh, terror and error had came into our family. And so I lived with that, that fear. I remember the parties. I remember being an altar boy. Um, and, you know, as much of God that I did know, there was some God in the Catholic Church. There was some, I'm knock, not knocking people. And I thank God for that. I thank yeah. God for the Catholic Church in that sense, that there was something of the Lord that uh, made me hungry. I, I, I begin to explain to my mom, I wanted to become a priest when I grew older because it interested me so much. I remember carrying the big Bible, pouring the water and the wine, helping the priest, lighting the candles, the smell of the incense, uh, wearing the long white and black robes. And I, I wanted to be that. <laughs> this is I, a thirst and a hunger for God right there. Yet the family battling, my parents fixing to get a divorce. You know, I could just, I could look at some of the past pictures today and my mind goes back to that setting. Nutshell again, coming to the scene. I mean, I had brothers wearing hair down to the, their back, uh, racing around, uh, racing, out racing cops, uh, policemen uh, with old souped up 57 Chevys, mm -hmm. shutting off the lights, going into the gravel roads at the, uh, just by the moonlight, making their way and, and making their escape. Uh, my daddy may have done similar things. 
But uh, I remember when my, one of my brothers, uh, who came later to our yard expressing, hey, I've been baptized in Jesus' name, wow. brought my mother flowers, you know. Wait a minute, this is not my older brother. <laughs> you know, what's going on here? Uh, and he invited us to church. It was a little home mission church, Grand Forks, North Dakota. I appreciate my first pastor, Brother Gerald Nielsen, who later became Sweden uh, and, and, and Nor Norwegian missionary. And, uh, but I remember he began to tell us about that baptism and invited us to a midweek service. Brother, I walked in. I got to make a hasten here, but walked into that little musty smelling church, bare, chipped cream, tattered looking pews, tattered looking red carpet, one window with an air conditioner. <laughs> uh, but I remember just the songs that were struck up on that guitar. I mean, you were lucky if I could use the verbiage to find some nun playing kumbaya on the corner. <laughs> but here's a, here's a pastor playing, won't we have a time when we get over yonder, yeah. you know. And so we talk about confessional booths. You know, this is a confessional bar. Yeah. And this is one without coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I remember I going to the confessional <laughs> booths, telling my sins to a priest. Yeah. Father, this is the last time that I made the confession. I even made some sins up because at 11 years old, you didn't sound too cool in the confessional booth. You know? <laughs> I lied in the confessional booth. That's, that's not a good place to sin, right? Uh, so, but that, that apostolic service, at the end of the song, they begin to lift their hands, and when they did, bam! But I, I looked around, and what is going on? But my jaw dropped, I think. But something got a hold of me. This is what I love. This is what I've been looking for. Wow. Found myself praying at the front pew after that wonderful message pastor preached. Probably couldn't remember the message to this day. Started praying, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Our Father, and hallowed be thy name. Repetitious prayers. One brother tapped me on the shoulder and said, you don't have to pray like that. Pray to Jesus like he's your best friend. Mm. And brother, 45 years later, uh, I'm, I'm dating myself now, but uh, I've been praying to my best friend. I started saying, I love you, Jesus. Yeah. Hey, amen. I thank you, Jesus. Yes. Tears filled my eyes. Brother, I was, I began to repent of my sins, service after service, weeping, crying. Pastor said, I think they're ready to be baptized. They, he invited my parents, and on Mother's Day, mm. I think uh, it was May 8th of 77, on my way to heaven, that I was baptized in Jesus' name. June 5th of 77, I got the Holy Ghost. Amen. God's even dealing with me about a song right now. Amen. Uh, about the sugar cream car. It was a 69 yellow Buick with a black top. Riding in my black top sugar cream car, playing my telly guitar. But I remember the day he washed my sins away. Wow. And so from there, brother, my whole family got in. All, all seven kids except for one sister didn't quite get into the house of the Lord. Now there's different situations, but I think that's it, brother. I think it was dealing with fears, and though I yeah, got the yeah. Holy Ghost, I still do deal with some of that fears. There's a, it's transformational. Old things pass away, behold, all things become new. Yes, but you still deal with that that fear. You still had dealt uh, with. Uh, I, I guess you would call it isolation, because when there was a ruckus in the family, I would hide. Yeah, yeah. I would begin to just go inside. And I think some of that had, uh, stuck with me a little bit. Yeah. And that was some of my struggle in my past. Overcoming that, even being a, a young person in my teenage years. Uh, I used to skip speech class in high school because I hated to talk in front of people. Wow. <laughs> I didn't like anybody staring at me. Kind of like what some are doing right now, you know. But that's... That was my upbringing, brother. And I think so you definitely overcame that. Yeah, by faith, I think we did, brother. 
But you know, it, it's that. It's and, and, and the different sins, the different um, uh, stuff that would try to haunt me from the past. Uh, I had to continue, as as you said, trust the Lord, brother. Yeah, yeah. And when those opportunities to build those walls, you know, don't do it. Yeah. Trust in the Lord. Um, I, I guess being accepted of people, brother, because I'm yeah. I'm kind of a different cookie, yeah. you know. I, I used to I used to be pretty hyper when I was a kid, and I think I still am. <laughs> <laughs> but man, I remember, brother, you know, uh, just having my Schwinn bicycle back then, brother, just a little different. I'd take cards and put my mother's clothespins on them so, the, <laughs> so my Schwinn could sound like a Harley Davidson yeah. motorcycle in the town. I knew the cracks to come up on the curbs and sidewalks. and uh, I could do a lot of stuff alone, but I learned in the house of the Lord that I need the body. Yes. I need a pastor. Yes. Come I, on, need, I need brothers. Yes. yes. I need a church. Yeah. I need God. And brother, I tell you, it's it's. Sometimes God will bring you to those isolation places. In Hebrew, they would call bar midbar, those desert places. God uses that. John went to the desert. Jesus went to the desert. Uh, Paul went to the desert. You learn through those times, yeah. but you don't stay there. No. Yeah. You gotta come out. You gotta interact. You gotta sure. do what God wants you to do. So, brother, in a nutshell, I, I, could I say this? Just so, and right. I can close out on this portion. My mind goes to David. David was that obscure young person, all of his family. And he wasn't even brought into the position of, you know, you're a candidate to be anointed. Is this all you have? Right. Uh, Jesse says, no, there's one more out there. Mm -hmm. Amen, there's one more. And we'll bring him in. And then the anointing flow. Yeah. Samuel shook, glassy eyes, dusty matted hair, crooked staff, feet begin to tremble. This is the boy. Yeah. Amen. And uh, he was anointed of God. Yeah. He was a sheep herder. He, he learned how to slay the, the bear and the lion. Right. So before his giant situation, before he came in uh, to battle the big burping beast called Goliath, mm -hmm. he learned some things in isolation. Yeah. So all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them that are called right. according to his purpose. Learn in that desert place. Learn in those times where you might feel like you're closed in, locked in, hemmed in. I understand there was a sling strategy. From what I understand, that sling wasn't just made of, oh, here it is, here's the leather here, I'm putting it together, there it is. But they would literally take particles, hair, wool sinew. From, from the lamb, sinew, stuff that he would do in shepherding to build that sling. Yeah. So there was a time factor, a strategy in within that sling that made the difference. A time slot, it took time. Well, the stone that he took to get Goliath was God's part. Uh -huh. It tumbled in the water. It also took time. Yeah. So God took the convergence of what David did and what God did and he conferred, con convergenced, mm. if I could say, if that's even a word, <laughs> put that together, and then the giant fell. Wow. So in time, what God's doing, and what you're doing for God, all matters. It yeah. does matter. And yeah. those giants in your life are gonna fall. Fear's gotta fall. Uh, Over-isolation's gotta fall. Yeah. Disappointments, brother, if I could say, I remember in my late teenage years, this was my struggle as well. 
some suicidal thoughts. That's crazy. But those weren't my thoughts. Right. No, no, no. Those are the walls. Mm -hmm. And just, just isolating myself. That same isolation tried to gather sure. me uh, into late teens. You know, a little bit of an old oddball. 149 pounds soaking wet. You know, there's Sylvester. You know, but hey, God used those down times. Yeah. Uh, you know, just those, the, those, I, in so much, brother, that I begin to create depression or just depression happen. Oppression. I don't tell everyone this, my late teens, but I decided one day I'm battling through this. Yes. Those walls have got to come down. Yes. So, regardless if it's pre salvation, post salvation, the devil has a target that he uses. Oh, I think this is how I can bring him down. Yeah. Amen. But use that sling that you created in the down times and let yeah. God use that yeah. stone yeah. that he intends you to use and those giants will come down. Yeah. Yeah. So whoever, if there's another Sylvester out there, <laughs> right. if there's another SJ, Sylvester John, I'm speaking to you today. Amen. God can take you, shake you, make you what you need to be. Exactly. You are an overcomer. Thanks for taking the time to take in today's program. This is a media ministry outreach of Truth Apostolic Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. For more information about our ministry, visit our website 